Hi. How are you? Not too bad, and yourself? With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's Give the Small Talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode 69 of Let's Give the Small Talk. Today's episode will be very, very Interesting. We'll be discussing the unbelievable story of Richard Worshi Jr., known to many as White Boy Rick. I must warn you in advance. The story I'm going to share with you will sound like it's from a movie script, but I promise you that is 100% true. And you very well may feel away after hearing it. I'm still shaking my head just thinking about it. Before I tell you a story that you will never forget, first, let's talk about the podcast. If you enjoy Let's Skip the Small Talk and you would like to help the podcast reach its fullest potential, then by all means, please do so. All you have to do is simply text this episode link to one person in your phone. Just one person. It truly goes a long way. As you know, nothing is more powerful than a recommendation from someone you know. It helps out tremendously. So thank you in advance. Let's kick the show off with a little motivation. Three, two, one. Score! Goal season is here. I repeat, goal season is here. Today is what? Let me hear you say it. That's right. Finish Strong Friday. Say it again. One more time. A little louder. That's right. Finish Strong Friday. Yes, yes, yes. It is Finish Strong Friday. So that means one thing and one thing only. Everything you set out to complete at the beginning of this week, today is the day you make sure that each and every box on your list is checked. That's right. Today we're making sure that each and every box on the list is checked. Because why? Because we start to finish. We do not start to stop We start to finish. That's it. Guys, listen, there's no ifs, there's no buts, there's no excuses, only solutions. Okay? After you execute it, it's important that you do one thing and one thing only. All right? You ready? Who's ready? That one thing is for you to enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend. You have been grinding all week. Now it's time to enjoy your weekend. Kick back, relax, turn up. Whatever you do, do it well. Work hard, play hard. 
Once again, let me hear you say it one time. What's today? That's right. <laughs> Finish strong Friday. With that being said, let's dive right in. Who in the world is white boy Rick? Let's get into it. At the age of 14, Rick was recruited by the FBI to become an informant. That's right. You heard me correctly. At the age of 14, Rick Worshi Jr. became an FBI informant. Now, I bet you're saying, well, hold on, Ty. Hold on. Give me a little backstory, please. Who, what, when, where, how, what in the world was a 14-year-old informing the FBI? Well, I'll be happy to break it all down to you. All that I ask is that you have a seat. Because this is going to be one hell of a ride. Rick grew up on the east side of Detroit with his father in the 1970s and 80s. Now, during this time, the city was full of corrupt politicians and police and the crack cocaine epidemic was heavy. I mean, heavy, heavy all throughout the city. Violence was at an all time high with an average of 800 homicides per year. 800. As a teenager, Rick was soaking it all up. Now, here's the first kicker. Rick Wershe Sr., Rick's dad, was a gun seller. Anything you needed, he would get it for you. Silencers and all. However, on the flip side of that, he was an informant for the FBI. So, he would make his money by selling to whoever... And then he'd tell the FBI who he just sold illegal guns to and then get money from them, too. Now, the FBI had the bright idea to pull Rick Jr. At the young age of 14, they recruited him and assigned him to infiltrate one of the local street gangs, the Curry Gang. And believe it or not. Due to Rick's poise, his keen interests, and willing to do whatever that was asked. After a few months, he was taken underneath the wing of Johnny Curry, the leader of the Curry gang. He was learning the drug game from one of the best, according to the FBI. Johnny Curry said himself that he was making half a million dollars a week. $2 million a month. The FBI estimates that Johnny Curry sold between $150 to $200 million of drugs in the 1980s. Once again, Rick, at the age of 14 and 15 years old, was front row and center. Now, was Rick a drug lord or a kingpin? If you ask anyone who was in the game, they will laugh in your face and tell you no. Rick's notoriety came from the press, not the streets. It was the local journalist who gave him the name White Boy Rick, not the guys in the streets. 
the media was enamored with the fact that Rick was a Caucasian teenager driving around in a brand new BMW selling drugs with an African-American street gang. He stood out like a sore thumb to those who weren't from the neighborhood. But from everyone who was in the neighborhood, it was just Rick. Now, here's one thing for certain. Rick was feeding the FBI all the intel he could get. To the point Johnny and the gang knew there was a mole in the crew. And it wasn't long before Rick was a suspect. Rick was shot in his stomach and had extensive surgery. Luckily, he made it out alive. And the FBI, who was at the hospital, not only the FBI, but the DEA and the Detroit police, they were all at the hospital. Because if this 14-year-old died following the orders of federal agents, they were going to have hell on their hands. And like I said, luckily, luckily, Rick made it out alive. But you want to know what happened next? The FBI told him to go back to the gang. They told him to go back to the gang so it would prove that he wasn't an informant. And it would give him more street cred. So instead of pulling him out, they pushed him right back in. And it worked. Rick continued getting intel. And he kept feeding it to the FBI until they had enough to indict the Curry brothers. This is two years in now. So Rick is 16 years old. And can you imagine what they did to him at that point? They got everything they wanted out of Rick. And then they dropped him. He was no longer useful. He was no longer an asset. So when Rick stopped getting the calls from federal agents and stopped getting the stipends, he started to make money the only way he knew how, which was selling drugs. Going back to school was not an option. You want to know why? Because the FBI deemed his presence more valuable in the streets or at the nightclubs. So Rick stopped going to school for a while now. All he knew was drugs. And Rick thought it was all good until one day it wasn't. In 1987, at 17 years old, guys, are you are you listening to these ages that I'm saying 14? 15, 16, 17, 17 years old, he was arrested for possessing cocaine in excess of eight kilograms, which was exactly 17 and a half pounds. Now, here's the thing, because 
drugs were running rampant throughout the state of Michigan. They recently passed a 650 lifer law. Now, here's what that means. If you were found in possession of more than 650 grams, which was almost 23 ounces of cocaine or heroin, you will be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. And that's just what happened to Rick. But it also happened to someone else. Someone else that you know. Are you ready for this? Tim Allen. Tim Allen was arrested in Kalamazoo Battle Creek International Airport on October 2nd, 1978. He was caught with more than 650 grams. He had 1.4 pounds of cocaine. Tim Allen. Yes, home improvement, lost in space, Toy Story, Tim Allen. Tim Allen was facing life imprisonment. He pled guilty to drug trafficking and opted to provide the names of other dealers to authorities in exchange for a lighter sentence. That allowed him to be sentenced in a federal court rather than a state court so the new Michigan law could be ignored. Hmm. Must be nice. Tim Allen's information helped authorities indict 20 people in the drug trade and resulted in a conviction and sentencing of four major drug dealers. Tim Allen still faced three to seven years in prison, but ultimately only served two years and four months. He was released from the Federal Correctional Institution in Sandstone, Minnesota, on June 12, 1981, and by 1991, he was Mr. Home Improvement. You know, he had a rough time in jail, and he said reality hit him. So when he came out, he got into comedy, and he hit the ground running. In just 10 years, 10 years, his life changed forever. That wasn't the case for Rick. Not Rick Warshi Jr. In fact, the problem for Rick is that the media had been painting him for the past three, four years as this big time drug dealer. But he wasn't. The entire time, white boy Rick, everyone thought they knew who he was based off what those journalists was writing and the reporters were saying. So by the time he got to court, the judge said that Rick was worse than a mass murderer. And then he threw the book at him. Life without parole. Rick and his dad tried telling the media that the FBI started it all. However, the FBI denied all allegations and pretended to never know who Rick Wershey Jr. was. 
If it wasn't for a brave reporter later on who did some digging and found out that everything Rick was saying was true involving the FBI. And after the story garnered enough attention, it was hard to ignore. And eventually, the 650 Lifer Law was repealed. So, anyone that was serving a life sentence was now able to be eligible for parole. But of course, you have to go up against the parole board. And Rick did that. Multiple times he was denied. Until June. June of 2017. The parole board voted 10 to 0. In favor of releasing Rick from prison. And he was freed on July 14th, 2017. Nearly 30 years Later, wow, Rick Worshey Jr. is the longest serving nonviolent juvenile offender in the state of Michigan. I want you guys to let that settle in. Rick served the longest time ever in Michigan as a juvenile for a nonviolent crime. He did 30 years. Now, because Rick did get caught up in an illegal car theft ring while in prison, when he got released, he had to go down to Florida and serve a separate sentence down there for five years. July 20th, 2020, Rick Wershey Jr., was released from prison. He went in at 17 years old and he came out at 51 years old for a non-violent crime. Rick did more time than Johnny Curry. He did 14 years. Rick did more time than a hitman from one of the street gangs who admitted openly in court that he murdered 30 people. You wouldn't believe this. Everybody that Rick helped the FBI indict, he did more time than him. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, Rick got introduced to the game by the FBI and he got caught up in it. There's no denying it. He has to take accountability. You know, there are times when we're astonished at what some people will do to make a dollar, right? But I want to ask you something. What will the FBI do to make an arrest? How about ruin a 14-year-old boy's life? With that being said, let's jump into our next segment, Have a Treat. As you know, each and every episode, I recommend something for you to read, something for you to watch, and something for you to do. Because 
You deserve to treat yourself. You deserve some time alone to do whatever it is that you want to do. That being said, grab a fork. It's time for a treat. What I recommend that you watch is going to be two things. You can either watch the documentary on Netflix called White Boy. And it is about White Boy Rick, known as Rick Wershey Jr. Everything I just spoke to you about, plus more detail, you can find it in that Netflix documentary called White Boy. Or you can watch a drama, a movie, a motion picture that came out three years ago called White Boy Rick, starring Matthew McConaughey. The movie did very well in the box office. So you have two options. You could watch a documentary or you could watch a drama. Either one. I want you to take a look into this story. I want you to take a look into it. All right. Now for something to read. Guys, you know me. If there's an opportunity to hear someone tell their own story, I want to hear it. I want to hear from the horse's mouth. So what I recommend that you read is White Boy Rick, My Years as a Teenage Drug Informant for the FBI by Richard Wershey Jr. That's right. Rick Jr. wrote a book all about it in his own words from his own POV. So check it out. Check it out. Once again, that is White Boy Rick, my years as a teenage drug informant for the FBI. Now for something to do. What I recommend that you do is gather around with your family this weekend. As you can remember, a year ago, we didn't have the opportunity to do so. It wasn't allowed. We were all in panic. We didn't know what was going on. But we knew that this weekend last year, we couldn't spend it with our family. But a year later, you have the opportunity to do so. So I'm recommending spend some time with your family this weekend. Because you can. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I deeply appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please send it to one person in your phone so they can enjoy it as well. And thank you in advance. Before you leave, I want to leave you with this question. In your opinion, was the FBI wrong for including a 14-year-old in the first place? Thank you.